Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Detectives. Private detectives work for some people and against others. But I once had a client whom I first sent to jail. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. A private detective like me, Jerry Browning, occasionally gets a case that's strictly off the record. And the little man who shuffled into my office obviously had a record. And a recent one. He had the pasty pallor that spelled prison. And when he spoke, I'm Stevie Mellon. Remember me, Browning? I'll say I remembered Stevie Mellon, the smart little crook who'd finally been sent up for five years on my evidence. I swallowed hard, started inching my hand toward my hip pocket. Don't do that, Browning. I'm not holding a grudge. I'm here on business. Okay if I sit down? I motioned him into the chair opposite my desk. Then I sat back and listened. I just got out. Served my whole time. And believe it or not, Browning, I'm going straight. Good for you, Stevie. Yeah, I'm okay. Even got a job over at the Atlas Box Factory. Warden Clarkton arranged it. What I'm here to see you about is a pal. A pal? Yours? Stevie, you have changed. You always bragged about having no friends. Whom you so clubby with? A guy named Larry Markle, my cellmate. He leveled, Browning. Even proved to me why I shouldn't have no hard feelings against you. Well, tell Markle thanks for me. That's just it, Browning. I can't. Markle's dead. Kicked off right before his parole came up. I think he was murdered. Stevie reached in his pocket, produced a brand new ten spot. See this? It's what they give a Connie when he leaves, a tenner and a railroad ticket. I want you to take this money, Browning. It's all I got now. I'll have more on payday. Gravely, I accepted the money. This is plenty. It happens that $10 is my regular fee. Stevie, you work hard on your new job. And if your pal was murdered, I'll find out who killed him. That's a promise. I promise an ex-convict that if he'd go straight, I'd solve the mystery of his cellmate's death. At state prison, Warden Clarkton combined a fatherly manner with a quiet efficiency. Look, lad, you can do all the investigating you want. I'm proud of the way this institution is run. But if you think there was anything unnatural about Larry Markle's death... I don't think anything yet, Warden. I'm just telling you how and why Stevie Mallon came to me. The guy's going straight. And maybe from you, maybe from Markle, he learned loyalty. I think it should be encouraged. I agree with you. Fact is, there was more than the alphabet that threw Markle and Mallon in the same cell. I knew that Markle, older and really a gentle person, could be a good influence on Stevie. Worked out that way. Yeah, except for Markle. Tell me, sir, what was he in for? A grand larceny. Markle worked for the Fabersham Corporation. The electric appliance outfit? That's right. Markle worked in the drafting department. Well, he took to staying in the plant nights, and then things started disappearing. He finally found $2,000 worth of equipment in Markle's room, things he claimed he'd borrowed to experiment at home for the company. That's an awful old alibi. Yes. Well, Markle would have been out by now on parole. The morning of the day he died, 
John Corey, the lawyer, saw him, showed him his final papers. A tragic thing, Browning. But the prison is full of tragedy. Well, that happy thought, I paid another call. Dr. Randall, in your official capacity as prison medical attendant, did you notice anything peculiar about Larry Markle's death? Nothing whatever. The man had a definite heart condition. We knew it, treated him accordingly. Actually, the regular regimen, plain food, regular hours, quiet, seemed to have done him good. But the heart is a tricky machine. You can't predict when it'll just give out. I suppose maybe the thought of his parole was too much for Markle? I doubt it. Good news never killed anybody. In a prison workshop, I spoke to the foreman, a trustee named Swenson. Oh, Markle was a great one for tinkering. Cooked up the little gimmick, pocket-sized re-estate that could have had big commercial possibilities. Told him to see what he could do about patenting it when he got on the outside. I think he did talk to his lawyer about it. Next, I drove to John Corey's office. Yes, I intervened for Larry Markle, went before the parole board for him, spent weeks pleading his case. And then when I had the good news for him, well, I, I suppose his heart just couldn't take it. A patent? He never said anything to me about wanting to take out one. Where I was getting was no place. But I had one more avenue to explore, the parole board. Larry Markle, yes, we received an application for his parole. Uh, John Corey, the attorney, presented it just last week. Why, Mr. Browning, you look rather startled. I thought you knew all about this case. I did know all about it. Or at least I was beginning to, now. I knew that parole boards don't work fast enough to secure a man's release within a week. I put in a long-distance call to the patent office in Washington... And then I made another call, this time in person, to a place I'd visited only a few hours before. All right, Corey, you're all done, finished. You lied. You lied to me and to Mark. I'll let him think you were working on his parole while you stole his invention, applied for a patent in your name. You couldn't let Markle get out of prison. You had to kill him to protect the fortune you knew you'd make from his invention. Corey was smart. He didn't try to fight me. Instead, that's a ridiculous charge, Browning. Maybe I did uh, present Markle's device in my name, but only to protect his interest. A convict would have no chance to market an invention. As for murder, he died of a heart attack. Ask the prison doctor. I did. Sure, Markle had a bad heart, and that's what you worked on. Built up his hopes of a parole, though you never went near the parole board except once for the record. Then, when he was counting on freedom, you let him have it right between the eyes. Told him his parole had been refused. That's how the shock, that's the shock that killed him. Corey yawned. Oh, very interesting conjecture. You should have been a lawyer, Browning. If you were, you'd know none of this can be proved. I got up. You're right. I wouldn't even try to prove it. I'll just give all the facts to Stevie Mallon, Markle's former cellmate, and let him figure out what to do about you. Corey turned white. Wait a second, Browning. I am waiting, Corey. You can come down to headquarters and confirm what we've discussed, or you can take it up personally with Mallon. I'm waiting, and I won't wait long. Uh, I'll go with you. He made a full confession of stealing the patent and of misrepresenting the parole appeal to Markle, all of which got him a ten-year sentence. Like I said, maybe you can't prove for the record everything a crook has done, 
but you can usually prove enough to put them away for a long, long time. 